Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art Insight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was intended. So, Steve, creates that for me. I mean, I think you should talk about this one, Steve. You know, I, I love uh, yeah. it. Yeah, so this is really, really simple piece. And uh, when I first looked at it, I actually thought it was a, a cloud. But uh, now looking again, it's uh, so it essentially looks like it's just charcoals. And there's on, no on glass, white, is there? On a it's, white... it's not a framed glass, is it? Uh, I do think there is glass, actually. Is yeah, it? There is glass. Uh, but it's yeah, but the way that it's done doesn't look like it's really matte. So you're just looking at black charcoal on a white background, and it's different rocks. I think to describe it, it's like a circular. Um, if you were to look at it as a in the real world, you can imagine it's sort of these circular boulders which are all sort of building up, and and they're creating a a sort of a, a collective which creates an overall shape of these boulders, which. Essentially, it looks like a, do you know, like jelly moulds? Oh, the old-fashioned 1960s oh. Blancmange jelly moulds. That's the one. The ones you find in the copper thing, really hard to get a hold of. Your nan used to have them, your yeah, great nan used to have them. Yeah, that is the one, and I think this really reminds me of that. So when I was walking over, looking, talk, just talking about yeah. my simplified art and thinking, well, you know, there's a piece that's really simple. Look at that. Like, it's just black and white and circles and shapes, but, you know, you're picking up And all this. this is interesting, because obviously tomorrow is November 5th, uh, Guy Fawkes Night. So this reminds me of the ash left over from the uh, com uh, com uh, firework going off. Ah, yeah, it is because of the, the sort of the nature of the charcoal and also actually the way that it's been blended out to the side. It's almost like it's not, even though I, my initial thoughts are it's, it looks like rocks, actually that sort of the charcoal spraying off the side of it almost looks like water. Um, and that might be that explosion that you're sort of It's almost like, you know, like, you, you've had that piece of dirt uh, and that little tiny gust of wind, that tiny breeze just puffs it and you just get these little puffs, so he's caught motion of the time. But that could be an accident, you know, because this is really densely thicked, thick charcoal. Yeah. yeah? So you're telling me when he's not colouring it really aggressively, that accidentally he's done a smudge, but obviously you don't want to start again. No. Um, so that's an accident, but it's giving it kind of almost oh, like a life to it. Yeah, I know. Happy accidents, man. Like, I think one, happy accidents is something we talk about making art. And I don't, know if we've, I don't know if we've spoken about this on the rest of the podcast, but I think life is a thing, you know, like happy accidents. Like you, if you think something's going wrong, I mean, today, my God. I mean, car you know, broke down. Car broke you broke, broke mum's car. Broke, 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 broke mum's car. Broke that. I thought that was broken when you had to put the date in again. But the, yeah, the podcast, like the podcast, the equipment, you know, uh, was you know. And, and we're talking about broken things. I mean, you don't find charcoal much in schools because when we were in schools, you get the, the I think the box. It was really cheap, right? But as soon as you put pressure on it, what happened? Break snaps completely. Yeah. And the amount of dirt and muck, I don't feel like, all the schools I've been to, I don't believe they have, they work in charcoal anymore because of the nature of it getting on mess. The, the, the pristine school uniforms. You can't control it, man. No. It's, a, it's an interesting choice of, of medium. Yeah, yeah, it is. A very brave, like in that respect, like control is gone, right? It, brave, it's brave control. It's, and and, and the, the thickness, the mark, I mean, one at least a couple of sticks on each, each. Yeah, yeah. Individual rock. 
Yeah. I actually really like this. I know, it's really weird. You've got all this information, and yet sometimes that simplest forms draw us in it, and we have more conversation because we're wondering how, why has he done that? So what, what's the, you know, the information about that? It's, there's so much narrative in stuff like this compared to your typical landscape, landscape painting. Exactly, there's so much more for you to interpret. Should we look at what he, um, what his intention was? Yeah. Or what you know, the description <laughs> is. David Nash, 1945. Which born 1945, uh, yeah? Does that, yeah, born, born 1945. Uh, Black Mound, preliminary drawing for sculpture made for Charred Oak, from Charred Oak. Oh, so it's a, there's a big sculpture. sculpture. So yeah, this is, so a, this a, is a, a doodle. This is, is a doodle a, <laughs> of, of a potential sculpture, and yet it's it a work of art. In itself. So it was very quickly, smudges weren't an accident. Well, they were an accident, but obviously this he didn't, didn't have a time. imagination finding yeah. its way. So is there an and image? There is, there is. There is a picture of the actual sculpture um, underneath the description. So Nash is a sculptor who works with wood. He divides his work into two groups, coming and going. Coming works such as Ash Dome, a circle of 22 trees planted in 1977 and shaped into a sculptural form, are concerned with growth. Going relates to the dead wood that will gradually reintegrate into the style. Black Mound is made from shaped and charred oak branches that will eventually decay. Nash uses drawings such as this one to simulate, to stimulate and develop ideas for the sculpture. They can also document the evolution of his work. Isn't and it weird? Because I've seen of it, and there it is. Like this is his imagination. But not this quite is the same, is it? You know, obviously, no. this is the, it's, you know, the actual photo. You know, the central. How, we don't know how big that is. I mean, it's going to be massive. Well, you can get some perspective. The trees in the background. I mean, so it's it's not on. You could walk through. It's, it's, you 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 wouldn't be able to walk between the boulders. Like it's very tightly packed. Imagine, you know, like they're as tightly packed, perhaps as teeth almost, in a circular shape. So. And the central petrified ones. forest. Yeah, it's a, a petrified forest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a QR. Once again, I'm obviously recording the podcast. This one would be interesting, the QR code, because obviously it's it's a sketch from the original piece. Actually, but what, if I can, uh, well, what's interesting is when you told me about the nature of what his sculptures are, I wonder if this sculpture still exists because of the way he uses dead wood. Wow, and like it says, he's very conscious of the way that it decays back to. Uh, so you actually. As we're speaking, gonna, find out what the QR code on I'm this one is. I'm just going to actually find out. So the QR code, oh, what's going on? Technology. Right, so it's uh, it's linking to the bio, a full bio, or oh, much larger artist? bio of the artist, which is downloadable in a PDF. That'd be interesting to see what other pieces of work he's done yeah. and how, if it's still live. I like the idea of the link between what is used as the drawings, this charcoal, and what he uses in the sculpture because dead wood, and that's what, kind of burnt wood it is. is charcoal. And it's funny, isn't it? You know, you walk along, you know, first the first instance I know is that a cloud, you know, it's now we know it's not. Now we know the story behind it, but the philosophy under this artist's work is quite beautiful, isn't it? It's like that evolution, like beginning and ending, everything beginnings, everything ends, and he's chosen his materials for those reasons. And hopefully that can start to like a lot of the art in here, is, you know, push Someone's that. taking their time as well to frame it. They have, so someone clearly, yeah, someone really, well, yeah, I mean, it's in this gallery here. They've appreciated it. I wonder who... Who else so appreciates it? Interest, it's interesting to think that... Who owns the art? Are owned, who, 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 what did these owners see in the art when they decided to, to buy it? That's a re I really enjoyed that piece. Yeah, really I did. It. Really yeah, such a simple piece. So we walk, I mean, these... I mean, I really 
like this. This we've got so there's so much here, isn't there? This one's interesting, isn't it? Ah, yes, it really, yeah, it is. Yeah, so this is um a, is it a drawing? A painting? It, it, it's a photorealistic image. It could be I think it is a, a painting uh, of a photo, <laughs> uh, which is, um, how do I describe this? So imagine that you've got... Um, it reminds of Hillsy Lines. Yeah, it very much. If you're from Portsmouth, Hillsy Lines and the bastions with those high, high walkways with those bricks, you know, all of those bastions are built for the First and Second World War. And it's all overgrown with lots of ivy hanging down. And, you know, actually it's a sewer. I think it's the exit to a sewer because I think this central area here is, is almost like the water sort of running down out of the sewer, which is all overgrown. So I mean, this piece is huge, isn't it? It's it got is, to be two and a half meters by one and a half meters, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a huge piece. And, it, and so, that, you know, it's not the sort of scene that's uncommon to most cities, you know, those, those sewer or forgotten places that are kind of Part of a railway line, part maybe. Of, yeah, part of a railway line or a walk in a forest or a bit of forest that isn't really forest. It's a bit of the city, but, you know, it's sort of overgrown and forgotten. Because I mean, if this is hand-drawn, obviously it's maybe obviously hand-painted using some... I mean, the time, the time and effort. I mean, this is one of the pieces we, we can't oh, get too yeah, close. Yeah, we can't because there's a... Interestingly, we haven't experienced this before. Normally, uh, when you can't touch... There's a, a these little physical barrier, a little barrier with a wire. Which we know why they're there. They're yeah. for their for insurance purposes. Yeah, they're for the insurance. Here in, in this one, it probably is the same. They've just used white tape, uh, which I think is much more discreet. Actually, and we can like, bend. We, we you can, you bend can sort of lean over a little, and you can sort of see. I mean, I actually think that might be all done in Poscas. <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah, it's a bit older for Poscas. Me? I don't think so because yeah. actually, if you look up at the entrance to the sewerway. The tags and the graffiti have all been very much respected. Not so, some kind of just a, just a really dimly lit palette of acrylic. It could be, yeah. I mean, I'm saying that, but I'm only because why not? You know, why not? Why wouldn't it be? You know, but it, it as you get like closer, it. the detail is it detail? Is it just a simple brush stroke? You know, like the idea of, of seeing a leaf, but you just literally you can't paint the individual leaf, so you just put it as a stroke. Well, some of the leaves have got real detail on them. I mean, if you look at the front element down here, you've got all the nuances in the shades. And the whole thing is essentially is grayscale. There's, there's no actual color in it, it you know, but, the, but because of the nature of that memory of color you talk of, yeah. you know, I can imagine in, in real life, you know, that is green, that is blue, that is red, because those are bricks. That's the memory I have of But bricks. could this be autumnal? Well, it looks quite yeah, lush, though. Ever, I mean, yeah, but evergreen, you know, ivy grows all throughout. Yeah, yeah it, stays it green. probably wouldn't change greatly. One of the bits that um, I find quite interesting is whatever is these, there's the, in the sort of water that's coming out of the, the sort of great big drain, sewer, sort of storm drain, um, they're all sort of broken. But I, they look like they would be the covers to drain, uh, to manhole covers. Um, and there's pipes coming out and they've all sort of been broken off. So it's... I mean, it looks, it does look like that urban kind of decay almost. And I'm loving the graffiti. I'm trying to work out what the tags actually say. I can see a few letters in there. So I mean, does that say boo maybe? Um, OJA? I mean, if this is a photo and those are real other artists, I mean, in essence, they've been immortalized in someone else's work there. So, you know, I also find that quite fascinating. 
and you can't physically obviously you you can see the whole thing in your sight, but it's really hard to see because of the nature of the size, isn't it? Yeah, I mean actually, if we stand from my perspective, I stand further back. I'll yeah. So what? What we're about? What three meters out? Yeah, yeah, and you still can see all of the the detail. It definitely gives you a sort of different perspective. That this sort of distance is almost like a portal, like a window, you know, looking through at something. Um, but yeah, definitely. It's very much like a photo at this stage. The detail is amazing. And it's such a such a unassuming piece of land. I mean, it's the sort of place that I like to take photos of myself. You know, that sort of mix of urban and nature, not really, neither we really winning, you know, at this stage. You know, nature is obviously coming back into its own, but you've still got that urban I think the further we go broken. back, though, it feels more... Scary. There's something that has a scary quality to it. About further back compared to when we look at when we go closer in, it, it feels like that kind of something's going to pop out at you when you when you step further back. If this was there, a dark night, there's you, something you wouldn't hidden. want to be encountering uh, the people that would like to go there for to do the graffiti or potentially. Um, and and actually now you're saying that you know it's my imagination starting to run. You know, is, is there faces in there somewhere like elves sort of? Little, is that little devil shape down at the bottom with a little tail? I don't know. You're you're playing tricks on me, man. <laughs> Should we go see what the uh, what it actually says? So, uh, Juliet Losk, born 1978. Widdershines. Can't pronounce that correctly. So, ink and watercolor on paper mounted on canvas. Wow. Private collection. Painted in 2014. So Juliet Lost paintings are concerned with edge lands, forgotten corners, ruins and disused industry sites now being reclaimed by nature. She uses watercolour, a medium long associated with the British landscaping painting, but in many ways that challenge traditional ideas of beauty. Dilapidated buildings, rubbish and graffiti are slowly overwhelming, being overwhelmed by graffiti. The remaining evidence of human activity swallowed up by the green tide. These works celebrate nature's resilience, but the absence of people's lends them a haunting quality. Yeah, man. I think and we... Uh, it I'm, does remind me of, of the Hillsy Lines. It does, very much. I mean, obviously working there at the moment fairly much, doing various different projects, you know, I really love this, this sort of um, environment, actually. I, I, sort of, I sort of see a beauty in the sort of the, the clash of nature and so it's our urban design. On paper, on a canvas. Yeah. So it's uh, it's. I mean the 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 way that it looks so realistic with that medium is it's amazing. I mean, just pro, we were talking about process outside, the mm. process stuff. Yeah, you know, this process is you know amazing. You really lovely. You could literally, you don't have to see the whole thing, you could literally take a, a little small vineyard, right, cut it out and put it in your home, and it still would have the same resonance as a two metre tall piece of artwork as well. I'd love to know where this was, you know, so you could kind of go and visit the place. And I imagine even though it's got this sort of, sort of dilapidated, decaying feel to it, I imagine it'd be quite serene to be there in the daytime. At night time, that's when you wouldn't want to be hanging out, you know. Okay. Let's, uh... I want to talk about this one next to it. I know, okay. we're next, again, it's behind the, the white line. Yeah. But again, something about this one, uh, this portals, there's some, there's so much, talking about time consuming, uh, my work takes hundreds of hours. Yeah. 
that took thousands of hours, the previous one. And obviously this has a feeling that it took a very long time. The detail that's been attended to. I mean, to, I don't so know what it is. I can't see anything. I think I can feels... see. I can see what it is from here. What is it? Is it wood? So in terms of, it looks the way that, it, so overall it's quite a large, it's actually two. Can I just see if that's, see a join? Yeah, so it's actually two separate pieces that have been joined that's that big. So the first piece is probably the size of MDF. <laughs> that's a oh, it's an that's MDF a, sheet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and another piece to sort of extend it. It may not be MDF, but it certainly is board. You know, that's the largest size board they could, and then they've added. So it's probably like overall, it's like four or five, five meters, I reckon, in in width, and probably about two and a half in height. So it's a really large piece. Once again, it's a sort of a grayscale piece. It might look like swirls and. And lots of swirl. I mean, ripples the lifelines, the, the lifelines inside. We cut open a chunk of wood. Yeah. So the the uh, what are they called? The the rings. The isn't rings it? In, yeah. inside it looks. It does look like that. I mean, it also could look like um, an uh, ordnance survey map. Uh, so topography. Similar sort of thing yeah. where the height is depicted by lines, but actually it's it's more organic. Like that. We spoke about Van Gogh earlier. You know, the way that he does his skies and he kind of blends them round. I mean, obviously, a massive fan. Like, it's all like that, but there's no colour in it. And what, what is I it? also notice when you look it? really close, and I think you're absolutely bang on, every single piece of this is actually been written. Each of these swirls is a word. No way. It's a word. Oh, my God. And, it, and because How? of that... Can you see that then? I can see each of them as a word. I can't read. I could probably read some of them. But um, it may not be from what I can see. Geostatic garb, garb, acrylic, cyclone, cyclone. Right. So this is a word of sight. This is a cyclone. Repeated, repeated, repeated. This is a gale force. So it strong. Has, so it's has all, that is it describing the wind? Is it? Is it describing? And is it wood? It's funny because it looks like it's actually three D. You know, do you know, like, you could imagine that some bits are higher than others, like yeah. one of those magic eye things? We talk, like, we talk about the typography. Like, it looks like it's coming out, but actually, I, I'm not going to touch it, but it really looks like there's sort of this ebb and because of all these letters. How is it written on? Is it, is it burnt in it? Because I've got a feeling it's wood. There's something about it. It has that, that quality you said about the, the, yeah, yeah. the sheet wood, but is it burnt in? Is well, it some kind of Well, this very central, this centre of this spiral here looks like it's been... Somewhere, yeah, burnt right out. It look, does look like it's burnt. I don't know if the writing's been burnt on. I mean, that would be... I don't even know how that would be done. Is there's the writing... Is it almost like... Obviously, we can't touch it, but is it writing... It looks like it's, uh, in, like, indented instead of just, like... It looks like... Like a pen it just, just looks mark. like it's in, in, in ink. Love ink, and in, in, in each of them are in different... Um, um, they've been put on in different weights, so it gives a sense of depth because of the, the ink that's been used. So some is really sort of thick and chunky, others is lighter, and perhaps, you know, even in a slightly different shade of black, different so gray. So is, it all, is all the uh, the writing, is it the same script, is it the same hand? Well, so, yeah, it is. So I mean, it's all um, cursive, the whole thing is cursive. It looks really scrawly. I mean, you know, it's I find it hard to uh, read some of it. But I mean, I knew closely, you do a lot of doodles, but it's almost like, like a doodles in words, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, someone's just, the line is words, the word is a line. The, the letter or the, the word that, that, that's been used is, is a line overall. So it's just, what's that word? I can see the word dragon sticking out. Dragon world, dragon world. 
So I think each of these individual lines is just repeated phrases. What well, that's, that's creating the, this this illusion of some kind of storm, but through words. Yeah. And so we're I, not just I mean, I say I work in words with dots. I only use thousand dots, but this there's got to be at least a million words. Here. That's a lot. I mean, you, you you called it right when you said this would take a long time. Can you just imagine? Imagine that you were told to do lines in school. <laughs> <laughs> this is like torture. The, this would be like do lines for your whole life. It's pure like, torture. Like really, like what a huge commitment to make, to, to choose something like no, that. It's an unusual it, piece of art, I, I think I've seen using typeface. You wouldn't even think it was typeface, would you? No. Until, you, until you're really getting super close and you read the words. I'm, now I'm tempted to see if I can read some more of the words to see if there's a kind of a narrative within the words that have been so used to create So we're in the second it. part of the panel, but it still is aggressive as the first part, he it just, just ran out of space. You couldn't get a big enough piece of wood. He just, I've got something else to say. I need to say this. And, and we're talking about as a bloke. So you reckon this is quite a masculine way we took us off? I don't know. know but that. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I what we, we're describing it as as a, a bloke writing this. It'd be I, interesting I, to when we find out again. Absolutely. I mean, it, I know that was that was wholly an, an assumption, but you know, we'll see. Won't we? You know, you said about the some of the ink is hard and the other. Yeah. You know, when we went to Phoenix and we talked about pens running out, ink running out. Mm. I wonder if he's gone to the point where he's just gone to it, so you can still read it, but the ink has run out of that pen before he moves on to the next and one. Used and used, and maybe it may be, but the, definitely the different uh, the different weight of pen and the slightly different colour of black does give that sense of that that map down look. So. I, so some, it really gives the darker ones feel like they're the, the top of some mountains. But from the words over there, so cyclones, you know, just definitely get the sense that this might be weather. You know, this is a weather map showing the different pressures. So what does that say there? I can't. It's all joined up. So the so script is almost old fashioned, almost like from, it, from the 17th century, as if it's a, a, a log on a ship. Ship's journal, you know, yeah, very really, really pretty, like, yeah, like writing, the, the loopy uh, kind of and because it's all blended in, it's hard to read. But it's, yeah. it's the beauty of this, isn't it? This is a, it's one of those pieces that I would have on my wall and just to stare at it. Somebody just stare at it, even though I can't see it, I know there's something there physically just to stare at it constantly. It, yeah, probably looks like it's changing. It so could you, do. Should we go and have a little read of this one? I'm really intrigued to, to see. How, yeah, so uh, Chris Drury, born 1948, Edge of Chaos. Ink cap spore splurge and handwritten words on ink and canvas paper, bat paper impregnated with peat and ink, 1999. So there is, wow. so it isn't, so it's mounted on this. On wood, but on it, wood. the process is, but, is on but paper. paper. And so this ream of paper, I'm just trying to picture that in my head now. Was, was it? a huge ream in his workshop or did he do it on individual you know a3 size and then put it together but it there's no break in this piece so it's the whole thing is one one big ream of paper yeah yeah so complexity theory suggests that as things come become more complicated rather than descending into chaos they begin to form patterns Drury sees edge of chaos as a way of looking at climate as a coherent pattern based around the relationships between ocean currents and wind, giving us the dynamic social climates. On the left, of the, left, on the, left the shape is based on the cross-section through a human heart. 
the flowing lines and words of lists of names and winds from different cultures around the world. On the right, the pattern comes from the grain of the redwood tree, made up of the names of the ocean currents. One pattern reflects blood flow and the other the movement of sap. Jury wow. is fascinated by the idea that such patterns can be found on a tiny scale in heart and wood and in the world-spanning weather systems and ocean currents. That is amazing. That is. I'm, I'm blown away by the dissection of the heart. I mean, yeah. we've got, we, got, we kind of got the wood thing, the rings. Yeah. But I, I, I've never... I know when we've you can see the heart there now, can you? I, no, I don't think I've never really dissected so, the yeah, heart so, for the section. So one's the tree. I think the tree one, you know, we kind of picked up somewhat, but this is looks like the, the, the left and right hand side of the heart dissected. There. Yeah, there you go. I think that's once again. I think the, the descriptions are excellent. So to give you that thought-provoking. Like, this piece. Yeah. I, yeah, and there's so much just from those fifty words there. You know, and our conversation, it's sort of, you know, I think um, we picked up most of it, like, but obviously there's some really lovely bits there that just make you appreciate the depth of some wisdom that, that these guys have gone to and the commitment and the process. I mean, hours, and you, you know, you spend a long time, uh, you know, 20,000 dots here, 20,000 dots there before you know it, you know, you're not sleeping and all that. But this is, uh, it's on that scale, isn't it? It, it's really like, like all your memories, all, all you just want to put down. It, it, it becomes like a diary, a visual diary. I wonder how his mindset was when he was painting this. Yeah, I just can't fathom the, the idea about constantly... And the, the hand, his hand must have been like a tight grip and it was like really hard and just... Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time.